Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're Motel 6 or the Hilton, from Powder Blue to Brian Wilton, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He drives me out to drink. It's my co-host, Evan. Does he really know what it is to love? To really love? To really love? It's my co-host, Saker. Do you? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. All I right. Mean, you've you've uh, you've convinced me that I love you and that I love all my friends. So I guess I do. That's true. I forgot that that was a major arc for your character on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Learning yeah that what was love my, was. That was my season three arc. Was uh, <laughs> right. learning that friendship equates to love. <laughs> all the way back in the uh, born on a pirate ship days. Oh, how I remember it. <laughs> pre-stunt we were such young kids then we had so much to look forward to didn't didn't even have our our beards yet no we didn't now our beards are down to our damn knees barely barely lost our practice teeth oh man i miss those teeth i've got in my my elder's teeth now yeah my fifth set what are the (laughs) sets there's baby teeth regular Mm -hmm. teeth uh practice teeth the good teeth and then elder (laughs) teeth right yeah yeah, and I mean, some people get that extra special set of teeth when they're evolving into a predator. Sure. Yeah, that's right. And those are called. You'll have to remind me. The, I've the forgotten. Gnaw, the gnawing teeth. The gnawing teeth. Yes. The, the gloaming teeth. The gloaming teeth. Each <laughs> the, teeth has a small mouth in it. Oh my Each goodness! Has a small mouth. You have to feed not only yourself but your teeth. You don't have to feed your teeth. I mean, if you feed yourself, your teeth take a take a taste. Sure, sure. It's like having what? having having a hard ta- having a bunch of hard tapeworms in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. That that checks out. But wait, if you don't feed tapeworms, wait, hold on. Yeah, you're right. Team, but tapeworms eat what you eat. They don't get nourishment from you. I guess they do. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're right. But they're not so linked like, into your biology in any sort of way. Well, I mean, teeth have roots and stuff, but they're not. They don't have like blood vessels. Sure. I in just the wonder- actual enamel part. Yeah, I wonder what uh, the biological reason is that the sixth set has its own teeth within the teeth. It just, it confuses me. It was probably like, you know, those, um, like those flowers that have evolved to like be attractive to types of pollinators that no longer exist. Like they died out millions of years ago and yet the flowers still persist. I think it's like that. I think we were being hunted by something back in the like dark aeons Sure. Some sort of some sort of beast from beyond time and space that slipped its way onto Earth, and we had to evolve those like the the gnawing teeth as a uh, as a way to sure. defeat it. Oh, it was a it was a, a scary defense mechanism. Yeah, because a simple bite wasn't enough to to hurt it, so you, you needed a double bite. <laughs> so it would be it, it would be chasing us, and we would try to bite it. That was a no. We wouldn't. I mean. When we developed the gnawing teeth, we didn't need to be chased anymore. We would oh, we would man. take it down like we took down any large predator through pack tactics. Sure. Can you imagine? Oh, pack tactics. Can you imagine taking a big bite of hamburger and then just sitting there while your teeth munched <laughs> it up for you? <laughs> you oh just, man! You just keep it in your mouth. That's the dream, right? So I I've never met anyone with these teeth, but do they have like do the teeth? They have. I know they have little mouths, but do mm-hmm. they have throats that like go down into your jaw and connect into your throat, or Not do they have so- like separate? stomachs yeah not to my knowledge well i don't think they can even swallow because they were just to inflict pain on the beast of from beyond yeah so they just they munch all they do is cut up your food for you okay so okay well that's good then yeah it'd be be really hard to you do they have to get and again i'm betraying my ignorance here like do you think that 
do they have special toothbrushes? Like, I've never looked into this, and I feel kind of shitty for talking about it now on the show. Sure, yeah. Like, I'm just betraying how, how, like, foolish I am. I mean, Well, don't feel shitty because you're trying to learn, and that's the important part. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah they do. It's kind of like the toothbrush from Alien, where it's a toothbrush, and when you press a button on it, another smaller toothbrush, <laughs> toothbrush pops out of it. A bunch of smaller toothbrushes yeah. fall, come out, and they, they brush the tiny teeth inside your tiny teeth. Sure, yeah. It's like a cartoon gun where it has, like, barrels coming off of barrels, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of terrifying. So, um, but there's just the one extra set, though. Like, the little teeth don't develop even tinier teeth within them. Well, scientists... Because they have teeth, too. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a good question. I don't know enough about the subject. I mean, you're asking... We're two, we're two regular-teethed men trying to speak yes. on a subject that we know nothing about. So Correct. maybe we just leave this one to the experts. So yeah, listeners, if any of you happen to have these hungry teeth, these gnawing teeth, please, uh, you, you don't have to like go out, talk about it on the um, on our Facebook page or, you know, on our, our Discord, but you can you can just PM us. Sure. And again, again, this isn't contingent upon you. Like, like we're going to, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go and try and educate myself. Sure. But, I mean, if you feel charitable and you want to, you know, educate me, yeah. too, I'm happy to listen. But, you know, the thing is, I, I feel like a lot of people are like us and don't know enough about the predator teeth. So mm-hmm. I feel like it would be helpful just to spread understanding, to spread, you know, knowledge of that. And so maybe this show comes out on a Tuesday. So maybe if you tweet a fact about your predator teeth with the hashtag, like, Toothsday or something, that could really help, I think, uh, general spread knowledge awareness. about yeah, to spread awareness about yeah, about because they're so people. they're so rare nowadays that like, I mean, we don't. It's even rarer than like albinism or something like that, where you know, mm-hmm. you. It's just so rare that a lot of people don't even know these people exist. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean, I only came across them because I, you know, I troll JSTOR and like look at like medical studies and things as part of my job. Like I have oh, to really? categorize. Yeah. So like I, it's a surprise to me. Yeah, I had a friend actually when I was a kid who we've kind of lost touch. But, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. His his secret shame. He always smiled with his his lips closed and stuff like that. He was just scared, you know. So and I don't blame him. It's hard so, because the understanding is not there. So yeah, and we've always talked about how like media um, has come a long way in portrayals. Uh, so like I'm thinking back specifically to like um, the Odenkirk Tongue Wars series and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that was just sort of I mean, they were funny at the time, but like kind of tone deaf. Mm-hmm. I think. Like yeah. little little faces and mouths inside of things. Sure. I mean, you look back, uh, whatever, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and you'll find Facebook posts of you, I'm sure, you know, saying the R word or, you know, it's just we lived in a different universe. Probably not that because I worked at a, a summer camp that dealt with special sure. needs kids from sure, when I was sure. really young. So sure. yeah. I think, I'd, I think I'm, I'm not claiming to be enlightened or woke in any sense of the word, but I think with regards to that specific. Sure subgenre of wokeness uh i i can claim a little bit of knowledge right okay yeah my apologies so your post everybody else was using the r word you were using uh whatever racial slur you used probably to use. I, was, I was probably making fun of nazis but like in a way that like you know that we kind of all did because we thought that nazis were didn't exist anymore oh yeah absolutely i was just looking at old cosplay pictures from 2005 mm-hmm. and uh my girlfriend at the time had cosplayed as i had forgotten about this a nazi from a anime but like a, a Nazi youth had like the the swastika on her arm and everything, and I was blown away. Like yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, because we thought that you know what Nazis they're all well, we, gone yeah. now. I, I mean, mean, yeah, we lived in a we lived in a oof. bubble. Yeah, we sure did. And we weren't. Yeah, and so you know that's uh, 
tragic tragic indeed with tragic Unlike. consequences white america lived in a bubble <laughs> wow thank god we're not saying anything that is all relational to today <laughs> uh ev people come to podcast yeah. to escape and this week escape they shall with this week's song this week's song is called running out of ink and if you've never heard it before here is a quick sample Oh boy, oh boy, but we got a spicy one on our hands today. Running out of ink. Um, This one, I finally understood. As I was listening to this song, I understood last week's song, Beautiful. Oh, good. Beautiful was meant to be like the, oh, fuck, I really, f-. it's they were playing cat and mouse with us, the bare naked ladies. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, I missed the ball. You better throw a slow one across the plate for me this time. And then they fucking hit this ball so hard. They whiffed <laughs> it out of the park, F, as the saying goes. Uh, I, uh, I, I thought this was a killer song. Uh, did you have any impressions of it listening to it? Yeah, it was fine. I, I think that it was like a, again, I feel like, there are some songs on this album that should have been on bare naked ladies i just i mean like this just feels like a double album set and again like i feel like it could have been one album yeah absolutely and if they had just combined the good songs from both it would have been a lot better yeah buddy that's what i'm gonna do in the end we're gonna get that's what i'm and that's how i'm sort of judging all the songs here is like is this above the 50% mark that could make it onto my personal BNL Armenmi Armenian? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm going to call mine BNL Armenian is I think what my oh, final okay. title is going to be. Yeah. So sorry, go ahead. Well, that's one of the songs that Stephen Page Stephen Page hasn't written a song about the Armenian genocide, has he? <laughs> no, but he should get on that. That seems like right up his alley, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um but yeah, I You think he's I, secretly in the pocket of the Turkish government? <laughs> I think I've always thought that that's possible, and I cannot wait till Linda writes us an email about this conspiracy, and we get to the bottom of the mud fossils and all that good stuff. Probably not, because this is this is a a real a real thing. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Whoa, a so, real thing. Oh, interesting. You know I what thought, I meant. Uh huh. You s word skeptic. Get your mind out of the gutter, if. Uh, I wrote Satanist. The, I wrote the exact same thing. I can't believe this is on the 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 B sides album in big quotes. Mm-hmm. Because truly, they should have just fucking cut the fucking chaff and come up with 15 to 17 tracks of wheat, and it could have been the best album that they ever produced. I mean, yeah. I, tr- I truly, this could have beaten Stunt had it been um, just one good fucking solid album. Well, the um, album you produce is going to beat Stunt. I, buddy, let me you know, tell you. I kind of want to do it, too. You do? You've made me want to, like, combine them into it, because I... Your taste in music is different than mine. Yeah, well, of course. And there are going to be some songs on yours that are not good songs. Yours is going to be 17 tracks of serendipity. I understand your taste in music <laughs> compared just, to mine. It's just one of those like a one hour serendipity YouTube things. <laughs> sure. Yes, absolutely. You've just, you've commissioned Kev to do like an extended 40 minute piano solo in the middle of it. No, no, no. It's just going to be the chorus from serendipity. <laughs> oh, got it. Good for you. Um... Yeah, I uh, I definitely think there's there's a lot of gold here. 
Um, and this is, of course, part of it. Uh, this was, was so. Th- did this hit your fifty percent mark? Yeah, yeah. This this would be the above, that, and that's what I was saying. I think I. Sure. It sort of surprised me because as always, I like read the lyrics and I'm like, oh, well, this song's going to be another like Stephen Page meditation on bad stuff. And it's going to be sort of slow down tempo and maybe a little bit minor key. But, you know, it hit me with a sort of punky opening. Yeah. Kev arpeggios. There's a lot going on. Yeah. This is a there's there's a shit ton going on in this song um, I, about Kev's arpeggios. I wrote in my notes, do I just like Kev because he's always so novel? Because there's so many keyboard noises, am I a child? (laughs) I think I might just like Kev because, I mean, whatever. Ed's always just playing the guitar, and that's great. But, like, Kev is fucking every song he sounds like a different person because he's putting the siren patch or the (laughs) warble patch or the 80s patch. And it's cool. It sounds fun. Um, But, yeah, he's doing some cool shit in this song. Um but I thought the real star of this song, my buddy Ty. I knew you would say that. Uh, I thought that you, I wrote prediction. Ev will love the chorus because Ty is playing on the ones and twos. Not quite, but oh. yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, man, why did you think I would love Ty in this? You always love Ty. I do always love Ty. It's true. He yeah. has... Uh, the funniest part of the song, which is the pre-roll of the song where he yells, I quit! And then the song starts. <laughs> it made me laugh every time. Very cute. I quit. Um, and his drum roll in that pre-chorus section is just so fucking intense every time. I loved it. Um... Yeah, man. Um, do do we want to talk? Because you talked a little bit about the lyrics. Do we want to break down these lyrics first? Do we want to stick to the music really quick? Um, sure, absolutely. I'd say I'd say the only thing that I my take my takedown I think was that it went a little. It felt like it went on a little too long for me. Wow. Okay. It's a four minute song that felt like a two minute song to me. I just it seemed like I mean the the verse chorus verse chorus stuff just felt like he was packing in too much. Really? Okay. I don't know why. I don't know why. And I don't think, I think this is, this is a me, not the song thing. It just felt, it just felt like he was, it could have, he could have cut one verse and I think it would have been tighter for me. I, I definitely wouldn't mind him cutting the verse about, uh, riding by her house and, but she's moved away and then like she called the cops on him. I think he should have taken like because the and we can talk about that when we get to the lyrics, um, mm-hmm. which we will do now. Um, so <laughs> I think that uh, they're they're very different songs, pre and post bridge. See, I just I feel like he had two ideas, not necessarily even pre and post bridge, but he had two ideas that he tried to put together and that just didn't fit together. I feel like he couldn't fucking help himself. Really? Uh, Well, tell me, tell me what you mean. The first half of the song, or the first three quarters of the song, is about like uh, dealing with create like creative bankruptcy and like it felt like a pretty personal like about just being a star and worrying if you like not being able to come up with anything anyone likes anymore. And that's, that felt very like on point for Steve and for the BN and BNL boys and like everything like that. And then it just like p- 
pivots. I don't even gonna call it. It stumbles into like a shitty boyfriend. I want to kill myself song. I now I I, I hate saying the, these words that are coming out of my mouth, but I kind of liked the suicide angle. I filled a plastic bag with everything I wrote. I threw it up a bridge and cut it up a throat. The water made it sink. The bag is bleeding ink. I wish that I could swim. I wish that I could drink. I wish that it was me. Like, I, I have nothing to give to anyone anymore because I felt like that was part of the first idea. That was part of, like, right. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I threw my lyrics over a bridge, and I wish I was throwing my fucking self over the bridge. Like, I'm useless. But, but yeah, the whole part about the, the partner and the woman was just, like... And, like, him stalking her until she called the cops. Yeah. Like... That that just felt out of place to it, me. It did. It it felt weird. It felt messy. And I get that they're they're sort of riffing off the bridge, like because and he does he does thread it in at the beginning. Like I used to hold you close. You never you used to tell me things. You mm. never told us so, blah blah blah. And like so his his uh his loss of fame or his like fading fame is ruining his relationship too. Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest. I think I would have liked it more if it had gone more into like some fantastic territory where it just kept getting weirder and weirder and more bizarre, like in, in lieu of like, just sort of like stumbling into a regular Steve song. Sure. 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 How, how like would lyrically, you, lyrically, where would you have taken? I'm curious. What do you mean weirder? Cause he's like talking about the stuff. I cycled by your lawn. So he's talking about sad shit he did, mm. but I would like more for it to get into like, you know, Instead of saying, you know, I filled a plastic bag with everything I wrote, it's like, I took everything I wrote, I cut it up into little pieces, and I made, you know, I baked it into a cake. <laughs> like, you know, just like, not not necessarily whimsical, but it can be cutting, too. Sure. I just want it to be weirder, and I yeah. felt like the, I don't know, I don't think that it would, the song would necessarily support it, but I, that's what I wanted from the song. Yeah. Was I, just weird stuff. I could, I, I guess I could, I could see that. Go on. I feel like it is, it's a very, it's a depressing song. Number one, we've got another meditation on fame mm-hmm. again. And I mean, mm-hmm. we can see the reflections of Steve like, oop, like one week, can't ever do one week again. Oh, well, like that's, it is what it is, um, which is, you know, whatever. We know that. Um, and I, I did kind of like, I, I mean, I, I like that through line, which we talked about, but I also, I liked parts of what you mentioned, that first verse, because I feel like we're doing a great Steve thing, which is the perfect amount of specificity like Mm -hmm. when he's talking about he wrote a song the neighbor and his wife work out and sing along (laughs) like that struck me as such a great line like it's a song that's so popular that people are working out to it and singing along and not even realizing i used to hold you close you used to tell me things you never told a soul then you heard me sing the details of your life condensed into a song the neighbor it also reminded me a lot of testing one two three weirdly yeah the line about you know in her glove compartments are my songs she didn't know what they meant and then when she found out she preferred them before she knew they were about mm-hmm. her right in her so, glove compartment is my tongue inside her ear <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah man uh oh speaking of uh i've had friends who've been going to all the Stephen page um uh concerts and uh uh his his uh live from homes and i guess in the last one he he riffed a little bit on uh on you run away which we haven't gotten to yet but that's the mm-hmm. song that ed wrote about 
him leaving the band and running away from all of his <laughs> obligations mm-hmm. and responsibilities. So I've, it's delightful to see them kind of picking on each other. Cause I know two weeks ago, I told you that Ed blamed the, our me, our men uh, scenario on Steve. Mm-hmm. So I take back, I want to officially revoke my idea that the quarantine is going to bring the Brennan ladies back together for a <laughs> selfie camp jam. I think they still fucking hate each other. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I related to these lyrics and I wrote, I'm sure Ev relates to the lyrics as well. Yes. Except yeah. for the parts about stalking women and uh, destroying my artwork. Oh, that was the only part I related to. Uh, <laughs> what part did you okay. relate to? <laughs> uh, no, I, obviously the idea of, of being creatively bankrupt and morally, mm-hmm. or not morally bankrupt, but creatively <laughs> bankrupt. I have a song yeah. about that on one of the albums. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, it's just, it, it was a very bankrupt song. It's uh, the, the whole idea. Yeah. Um, I did think it was an interesting split uh, in verses one and three. Uh, in verse one, he says, uh, you know, I wish that it was me when he's talking about the person on stage. And mm-hmm. in verse three, he says, th- uh, you know, they wish it wasn't me um, talking about his friends being disappointed by him now. So this is a world where nobody wants him. His friends don't want him. He doesn't want himself. Like we're really creating a, uh, a kind of it's a wonderful life for Steve mm-hmm. here. I hope that the next song on this album is him exploring the universe where Steve isn't. And we get, <laughs> we, we get kind of a glimpse into that one. I think it would be fun. Um, All the know. Steves in the lady verse have to come from somewhere. Oh my God. Yeah. The multi lady verse. I like, yeah, it's like a Jet Li's the one except the B- BNL are traveling the multiverse to take copies of themselves and collect them all in one area. I like that. Wait, if I kill a Steve, does every other Steve get stronger? No. Oh, okay. All right, never mind. No, no. <laughs> was that the he plot just, of the one? That was the plot of the one. If all the other... Because presumably all the other Sakers out there are going to die of old age eventually. So when I am 90, am I going to be like incredibly fucking jacked because all the other Sakers are dead so I have the power? Or do, did he have to like absorb them or some shit? Well, I mean, there are going to be universes where... The thing about multiverse is that there are universes where that is true and there are universes where it's not true. because if something's infinitely big it can contain it only contains the thing you're thinking of but also the opposite of said thing but the whole idea which is why the multiple multiple verse thing doesn't make logical never make logical sense to me yeah i think the whole idea behind the one is that there was a multiverse but a limited number of verses so that he could kill gotta gotta kill them all i believe was jet lee's motto in that movie because if it was truly a multiverse then he could never have killed them all yes that is true uh, and that also makes sense why the power is sliced so thin that I want. And there'd be also in. be a multiverse where every time a Jetly is killed, there's a Jetly who gets weaker. <laughs> sure, absolutely. It's called The Nun. That's my favorite <laughs> Jetly movie. Um, yeah, uh, you're right. In- interesting on the lyrics. There were a lot of fun things that weren't necessarily about the lyrics, uh, but were about Steve singing his rhyme of of seen and bean. Love that shit, especially. Uh, right after saying the word Toronto, the Toronto scene, like, damn, dude, nail on the head. A party at a friend's, Toronto's cool to scene. Thought I'd bring a tape to show them where I've been. Um, Steve breaking the last time he says, uh, this is what it takes. Loved, like, it felt like this is a classic Steve, like, very emotive <laughs> song. No, I definitely liked the, the, the this is what it take lines in particular because he 
he introduces a little bit of disharmony in it, almost yeah. in a Pachatora, but not quite. And it, it made it sound very plaintive to me, which mm. is something I appreciated in the context of the song. And, and yeah, not to move to live tracks yet, but live, it seems like he really draws that out. He mm-hmm. wants it to be sort of almost a spoken part rather than a sung part where he's he's being emo- emotive, he's breaking, all that cool stuff. Um, yeah, I wrote, this is the best of Steve. I thought he was so tight on these verses. He just sounds fucking fantastic. Hmm. Some fantastic. It's, it's it's always true. What the fuck is the line? I know it's true. Never mind. But always true. Okay. Um, there is one part I didn't like about this song that I think you may have, uh, from what you've said already. And that is the bridge. Hmm. I was not a fan. Uh, at first, I did not like it, but it really grew on me, mostly because the rest of the song is so the same. Mm. So I think just taking that bridge, and that's, I think the bridge is what made me want the song to get weird. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, the bridge is different. In- yeah, it, went, it almost went into like musical theater territory. It's very, very, yeah, like over the top dramatic and silly. Um, yes, very, very strange. fun and i think that like that's steve poking a little bit of fun at himself really at least least musically or maybe ed poking a little bit of fun at steve because we do know that ed does the bridges sometimes that's true yeah oh interesting i don't know i mean let me take a like it as weird as it was like i said it grew on me but also it made sense in the context the words that they were saying made sense in the context of the song the uh do you Oh man, could a song be an alibi, a lyric, or play? Okay, so, How so? the words made sense. Like he's just talking about a song that he's wrote, uh-huh. um, and uh, you know, now the well is dry. I can't understand what I've been singing of. So he's like, he's just, it's just, it's just a, a recapitulation of what the, the the song's about. Could song be an alibi, a lyric replacement for falling in love? But now that the well is dry. But what I'm comparing it to is the worst bare naked ladies bridge ever, which is the bananas, Indians eating bananas. All bridges that they do from now on, good or bad, will be weighed in like in in bananas against against that one. (laughs) Sure, yeah. That's that's my uh afterlife pound of or one heart versus a feather sort of thing. The Egyptian (laughs) or like Thoth Thoth or Anubis weighs your sure weighs your heart yeah to see if you've been good or bad uh interesting yeah i i couldn't like i didn't really understand i guess i understand you know now the well is dry i can't understand what i've been singing of he's just like pulling shit out like of of he's scraping the bottom of the barrel i guess but could a song be an alibi a lyric replacement for falling in love didn't make any really much sense to me and then the pivot at the end where he's like do you know what it's like to be in love do you know do you know do i <laughs> like it's, ve- it's so on the nose that it's like almost a little bit embarrassing because it's like that could have been unsaid it's kind of catering mm-hmm. to the lowest common denominator clearly he's being diegetically dramatic like i don't know again and again that felt like it felt like musical theater to me 
echoed it echoed beautiful a little bit. Mm, oh boy, that's what I want. Give me more echoes of beautiful. How did it echo beautiful to you? I mean, the whole song beautiful was phrased as a question. Oh, I see right? what you mean. Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or um, multiple questions, yeah. But yeah, we have so many interesting things happening in the bridge. And I think it is almost too interesting because like every three seconds they introduce something new that lasts for three seconds like there's a wood block and then there's a washboard and then there's a violin and there's like stuff that does not appear in the rest of the song Mm -hmm. at all like it's just it's so long do you think jim cregan wrote the bridge it's there's a very prominent violin andy cregan wrote the bridge (laughs) i think the fox brothers might have written it together yeah certainly i don't know um i I don't i don't know where this bridge came from but it was wild to me and i did not understand or appreciate it i would say um i i kind of wish that violin would have like stuck around and like lent some gravitas to the final verse too because i could hear Mm -hmm. it like at least carry, if you're going to introduce so many elements there, carry one of them over. <laughs> Just something <laughs> to the actual song. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jim is Jim is grooving on this song. Especially, there's the third verse that gets kind of sparse, and he's going mm-hmm. nuts on that bass. You can hear him uh, killing it on there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This one, this one was a lot of fun. Um, the harmonies on this one are very, very tight, very classically BNL. And as I was mm-hmm. writing that, I realized that I hadn't commented on harmonies in a while. I wonder if that was intentional. Have they really kind of moved away from like really rich, layered, like full song know. harmonies? I think we just we've just been blinded by an embarrassment of riches with regards to harmonies. That's possible. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. We just it's it's just expected that they're going to have great harmonies. So we're, we've gotten jaded. Ev, if you were in a Groundhog Day scenario, would you mm-hmm. want, like, you've lived 942 days so far. On mm-hmm. day 943, if you walked outside and there was a constant sound of an air horn in the distance <laughs> and everyone opened their mouths and like, <laughs> like, that's how everyone communicated and you had lived uh-huh. that day and then you went to bed and the next day it was Groundhog Day again, would that have been a welcome reprieve for you or an unwelcome reprieve? So like Groundhog Day, except that every once in a while, or maybe just once, it goes, it gets terrible. It gets, it gets just, it gets buck wild. Like it gets nuts. Nothing makes sense. You're living in an upside down world for, for just, I don't know, a day. And does it happen again? Like, is it, is this the only time it's going to happen? I think it's the only time it's going to happen. I guess it would be welcome then, huh? Well, no, I mean, I think it would be welcome that if I knew, you know, every, one to 10,000 days, there would be a bonkers day. Okay. All right. Fair. That makes sense, I suppose. So I can look forward to it, I, I think. I mean, because you, you saying the rest of the song felt so samey to you, but that bridge was welcome kind of puts me yeah. in the mind of like, I don't know. I guess it's welcome in all the wrong ways to me. But I didn't think the song mm-hmm. was very samey. So that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, dude. That's all I had. What other notes did you have on this? Uh, Nothing really much. Just uh, meditations on creative bankruptcy. Sure. Feeling like you're not feeling like you've you've already peaked. Yeah. Some I, people peak in high school. I peaked in uh, kindergarten. Oh man, I wonder where my peak was. Uh, Jesus, I have no idea. Not yet, my... buddy. Not yet. We haven't our peak. We haven't finished uh, Blamen. Okay, <laughs> we're still rising. That's gonna to be the our top. peak. Sure, our collective absolutely. peaks. 
No, you know our peak was one week. We talked about it last episode. We'll continue yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's yeah. Talk- we just keep trying to recapture that. Um, <laughs> my only other thing is uh, the that Stanzo where he's talking about um, sh- playing uh, uh, um, his tape for his friends at that Toronto's coolest party mm-hmm. and them being like, oh, yeah, it's good, but it's not the style. And then him saying it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Like, they knew Steve. <laughs> they knew. There's no fucking way they didn't know it was you. Well, like, oh, hey, hey, man, hey, man, there's some cool, <laughs> some cool jams I just heard from this real up, up and coming artist. Like, listen to this. And they're like, oh, okay, rap rock band <laughs> with a DJ. I mean, this is good. This is good. But, it, you know, that that's kind of past, bud. I've, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, whatever. It's not me. Yeah. I don't care. It sounds like, exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> like you. Yeah. I mean, you can say a lot of things about Steve. And, like, he has a very singular voice. Like, yeah, I don't think Steve could masquerade as anybody else other than Steve in any song that for he sure did, or wrote. I but I feel like that 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 kind of it it pulled through to the next verse, which was the at the end of the verse, it was like uh, disappointed now, perhaps a bit surprised to look them in the face and see it in their eyes. They wish it wasn't me. Like he's saying it's not me, and they're looking at him like, oh yeah, you're right. I thought it sounded like you. That's God, man. You're right. No, that's no, not I you, thought though. I had a different read on that line. Oh, you did. Um, that's when it got rough, disappointed now, perhaps a bit surprised to look them in the face and see it in their eyes. They wish it wasn't me. Yeah, that's when. So once upon a time, so he's taking it back. I thought you. Okay, so you think that's taking place at the same time at the same party? Oh, I maybe. I just yeah. Perhaps. I know. No, I'm I'm saying that's a that's a fine that's a good read. I uh I read it as like he's saying once upon a time like back then when i made it big mm-hmm. all the people i thought were my friends weren't my friends because they were jealous they w- they wished they wished it wasn't me they wished it was them oh is how i read it and i hearing your read your read makes actually a little bit more sense than mine i think oh i think you just flipped me though that's unfortunate <laughs> i think your read <laughs> makes more sense than mine but yeah i, I could see it both ways um yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, I, I figured the first four lines, once upon a time I couldn't get enough until I made it big, was just a meditation of him being like, fuck, these people are listening to this, and I feel like back then they would have fucking loved it if this was, like, the first thing I came out with. But now they're like, well, we know you can do one week, and this is not one week, so this is not my mm-hmm. jam anymore. But, yeah, I, I could see it both ways. Interesting. God, enough fucking meditating on one week, bare naked ladies. We get it, my boys. Um, God, how shitty must it be to have a hit song? That's got to be torture, right? It's got to be the worst. It's got to be the worst. <laughs> Let's, I don't know. I think it's just how you frame it. Like, sure. I don't know, in my own quote unquote career, like wondering, you know, you know any artist is going to wonder if they peaked and like thinking about it being like, well, I'm glad that I got what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if if this is all there is, then great. Like I had more than most people do and, and, and sort, sort of thing. To reframe it, and we've talked about this before, the Bernicke ladies are not playing at county fairs. Like they mm-hmm. still have it good, yeah. So yeah, they're not walking on the sun. Yeah, right. Exactly. They're not playing to a two-thirds empty theater for five-dollar tickets. You are correct. Hey, I paid full price you for those s- tickets, and I made everybody else did too. That went did. right into the the smashed mouth, <laughs> which uh, is the god they all worship, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. That makes sense to me. Um, let's talk about some other versions of this song. It uh, went all into the pockets of the lead singer's future ex-wife. <laughs> god, that's a good-ass song. Uh, God, F- it's the only one I remember from their most from Smash Mouth's most, most recent album. I've been Magic, I've been 2016. I've been thinking about this a lot these past three days. Maybe is we've been, uh, of course, talking on Facebook Messenger as we often do. Um, but you had mentioned 
Because I had, again, made the joke, as I always do, that, oh, you know, after the Brady Good Ladies stuff, we're going to move on to Stephen. We're going to move on to Page After Page, which is uh, our Stephen Page podcast. And you said, very seriously, it felt to me, no, after this podcast, I am done. And, <laughs> j- like, thinking about that just makes me, we could have a Smash Mouth podcast. We could <laughs> we could peek at fucking Fushu, Fushu Man and then uh, fucking have to run through 10 years of shitty albums. I don't know. I don't know. We we can still have you a just good keep time. Putting, you just keep putting me on blast on this podcast, <laughs> and I have to keep... You just ma- keep making me have to be the bad guy and I'm, say, you, I'm done. You are not the bad guy. It is okay to set limits. It is okay to have a hard <laughs> out. It is All that is okay, but I am going to miss seeing you, because we see each other fairly regularly when it's not quarantine times, but I mm-hmm. do value every other Sunday three hours of my <laughs> dumb shit friend Evan and I talking about bullshit nothingness i don't know it's gonna be sad and i hate to wait let's not think about this we're almost in the ppe we gotta relish our time together oh yeah sure okay (laughs) here we are i do love having to prepare for a conversation with my friend like (laughs) instead of just like coming and hanging out and you know watching stupid movies and having a good time i get to do an hour of work before to get ready see that's my least favorite part but it is you know, you got to take the test to get into college so that you can party, <laughs> right? You can't just go to a college party. Oh, wait, you totally can. You could just go from off campus. I no, forgot. they check. They check. They check, check everyone. Absolutely. They, they quiz you on stuff. Yeah. Like a, like a geometry, basic <laughs> algebra. Who is the president of Ohio University in 1954? No, it wouldn't be that. It would be like a... President is to shoe as oh, I see. rabbit is to. They give you a lot of ACT questions. Yeah. 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 Because those are the tests we have to take before we go to college. Sure. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. And just, it makes me sad. It makes me sad. I don't want to, you're right. I don't want to do homework either. I was listening to the really, the, what tipped the scales for me was listening to Beautiful 50 times. Listening to Running Out of Ink 50 times was a fucking joy. My son was down for his nap, and I was like, oh boy, oh boy, I get to listen to a good song a bunch. But yeah, you're right. When it's hard, it's hard. And boy, is it about to be hard. <laughs> Let's talk about some yeah. alternate versions of this song. Yeah, we've had a gentle road up until now, <laughs> it's and it's really about to turn into an uphill an uphill battle. There's gonna be This podcast is going to be so many more fights between us, and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I am trying to get myself into a headspace where I will like pick an opposite position to you on a song that is obviously not good and just defend it to the death. Like I want to be like that guy on Facebook because I feel like that would be amusing, like just devil's advocate. Sure. You know, I don't know if I'm going to have the strength for it. No, I you know what? fuck okay just tell me beforehand because sometimes i can do that i can take the devil's advocate position i want you to be able to vent too i want this to be fun for you as well and i'm good oh don't worry it will be as fun as it always has been (laughs) Uh uh-oh don't know what that means (laughs) i think that's called damning with faint praise sure is so live live yeah uh let's talk about the ships and dip version did you watch that one yeah all guitars all guitars all the time that's correct that was from the songwriters panel who, and I, I assume those other guys, because they were just like 
other guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at a few of the other songwriter panel stuff from the same Ships and Dip, and it was like, like Craig Northey was in there. And so I think they just brought up other Canadian musicians who, of course, I won't recognize. Yeah, I think it was other people who were on the cruise. It was like other musicians who, you know, were on the ship uh, who were doing other... Well, I think they were like full-on Canadian... Like, like Craig Northey was there. So I think they... Like, it's like a BNL cruise, but I think... I bet they brought on other acts, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most musical cruises aren't just that band. It's that band and friends, basically. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because uh, they, have, they have, you know, concerts all day long on different stages and stuff. Um, sure. But yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, this is, it was nice. It was fine. Uh, yeah. Steve forgets the first chorus. Um, he seems to always be doing that. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he has a good grasp on music, playing it or singing it. Songs oh. he wrote. Yes. I feel like. And again. The, the, yeah, this is, and it wasn't like it was something that he just, like, it's not like they requested something from, like, a Gordon B-side. Like, this is a song he literally just wrote. And it seems very personal to him. Like, it mm-hmm. seems like a song that he would remember the words to. But I don't know. I, actually, I've been, uh, again, I mentioned those live from homes. I haven't been attending them, but um, some anonymous friend has been posting a couple of the songs on YouTube. I don't know who this person is. Um, but uh, he, it, it's, it is endearing to watch him kind of fuck up songs a little bit there. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and kind of a joy. Um, but he really does fuck up songs a lot. No disrespect. I couldn't do any better. And Lord knows that I fuck up in concert all the time. But um, I don't know. It seems like he just, it's, I don't know. It seems like he is the least together member of Vanegan Ladies. And that feels horrible to say. But yeah, That's fair. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I watched uh, a Steve solo live version. Did you see this one where oh, he's at the in like Vancouver, a Vancouver folk folk music festival? Yes, I have a lot to say about this one. Um, yeah, real learning. That's like uh, the first time you play with Kev Fox, I think. Yeah, Kevin Fox on cello, which really elevates the song. I feel like it's a cool version of the song. As I've always said, you know it. Yeah, it's competent. It's fun. He takes his glasses off halfway through at a pivotal moment. But what really endeared this version to me was the pre-banter of the song yep. mm-hmm. where it's him in 2009 so he has just left the very good ladies correct yeah and he mentions like this is a song from my previous band and the crowd goes boo, boo. <laughs> like wild what is happening how are you not very good ladies fans if you're going to see steven page live like what the well, fuck no it's like when you're when your parents separate and you've got a favorite one i Yes, I guess it was just so fresh that they felt like they had to choose a side, like they couldn't mm-hmm. be friends. But I, I guess maybe you're right. Um, but man, that was fucking wild to me. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're a BNL fan, and Stephen Page, fresh off the breakup with BNL, is coming to the Folk Move Music Festival in Vancouver. Vancouver. This is the place that I want to grow up and fulfill my dreams. Vancouver. This is the time and I want to sing Vancouver. Hop into some musical theater there, Ev. Are you Yeah, sorry. That's just the best Vancouver song. Sure. Um, We'll put a little bit in right now. Great. Thank you. This is the place where I want to grow up and fulfill my dreams. This is the time where I want to sing Vancouver, Vancouver, Vancouver. I feel like attending this is a show of allegiance, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably. Yeah. He's, he's getting back to his roots. These are my people. 
where mm-hmm. Bare Ladies, what are they doing, playing a show in L.A.? I'm here in Vancouver, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably there was that sort of a, a yeah. feeling. But, man, it just... And we don't know what he said to them beforehand, so... Oh, you think he was fucking talking smack the whole time? Oh, I bet. I bet. He was just trash in BNL. Man, I can't... I know. I, I know that he wasn't, and that hurts me to hear you say that. <laughs> um, did you listen to the A Singer Must Die version? Yes, the Art of the Art of Time Ensemble Whoa. mix, where he's with like a Baroque uh, chamber music orchestra. Wow, yeah. That was that was like one of those like steak and ice cream things oh. where it's like, I love Baroque music, yes. just like I love steak. And I like vanilla ice cream, but I don't want to like, a st- I don't want to, I don't want steak a la mode, right? You know? <laughs> sure. And I felt like this, it just didn't work. It felt like they were doing like, and he's like, slowing everything down and his voice just like doesn't fit with the music that's being played yeah yeah it just it just is an opposites not attracting thing for me i i and i like i think separately i like them both but uh, yeah together. i'm 100 percent with you it felt like for me there was nothing to latch on to in this version because they're not playing like a riff they're just continually like doing new they're changing their inflex they're like sampling various classical like melodies and like yeah yeah i mean baroque baroque ornamentation is like the jazz of the classical music world yeah and there's no i felt like i was fucking drowning in this song (laughs) it was wild (laughs) there's a lot going on right it was it was very it was fun but not catchy very pretentious it felt like like oh i don't mind a little pretension now and again but like it's just it just felt the juxtaposition between the two musical stylings was just fundamentally jarring to me in a way that I can't quite articulate, but was just deep in my bones, uncomfortable for me to listen to. It it truly, it felt to me like a mashup, not like an official, like it felt felt like somebody got the raw tracks from our men and are like, this would sound killer over some fucking like Chopin. (laughs) I don't know. Like very, very weird. Um, We'll put a little bit in right here for everybody. Absolutely, because usually I don't put in these alternate versions, but you guys... This one deserves to be... Uh, you, you deserve about 20 seconds of it, <laughs> For listeners. Sure, yeah. It's bigger than you think I'm running out of ink Give a guy a break This is what it takes To drive a man to drink A party out of friends School scene. I thought but I'd I do. It, it was a cover. It's my favorite kind of cover. A cover that drastically changed the original. I hate when bands cover a song and it's basically mm-hmm. the same song. I love it when they put their own spin on it. So like Weezer. Uh, yeah, boy, fuck, <laughs> fucking that Teal album is garbage. <laughs> um, but uh, shots fired from Evan over here. Yeah, dude. Oh man, how about like. Wheeze in the juice. A wheeze. I think we've made that literal same joke before. <laughs> wheeze in the juice. A Polly Shore Weezer dual album. <laughs> I was gonna say a podcast, but yeah, a dual album is fine too. Um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I didn't. I ended up not like. I think I fell on the side of not liking this one. But man, was it a big swing that I didn't mind listening to once. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of want to look up more because I feel like with a different song, it would be better. Yeah. But- I have yeah. the uh, Art of Time album, and it is good. Um, it's just, 
it's it is weird. I mean, it, it a lot of it sounds like that. It's all covers. Number one, I don't know if you knew that much, mm-hmm. uh, but he covers like Leonard Cohen, Elvis Costello, Rufus Wainwright, uh, just a lot of cool bands on it. And his cover of Paranoid Android, I think we've talked about on this show before, is uh-huh. fun and interesting and really good. Um, but cool, yeah, it's it's worth listening to. Will do. Great. Um, Ev, why? And I'm done. And I'm spent. <laughs> Any amount of time could have passed between what I said last and this. <laughs> Only Saker knows for sure. Why don't you tell me what video game this song was like? What dating sim? This is a hard one because a lot of dating sims are either bizarro or, and this is from my six months of researching dating sims. Okay, more time than I, I have expected. Well, I knew this was going to be a read beforehand, so I've been slowly collecting them. Got you. Um, and, uh, like, they're either you're a young kid doing young kid things or you're a bizarro bizarro doing bizarro things. Sure, yeah. Like, or so there's there's not a lot where you're, like, a washed-up singer looking for love or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I did find one that sort of ex- – that, that I think Stephen Page might have taken from because it's the game itself is all about – finding and it doesn't necessarily match up with the end of the song where he contemplates suicide except that it does never mind so it's okay. called later dater it's called later daters okay it's a dating sim where you are a uh octogenarian who has recently entered a uh ye old they call it ye old even though it's pronounced the okay that ye in old english is pronounced the <laughs> yeah that, that's the lamest thing to do nobody ever ye yeah. old is fun to say yeah anyway so ye old home so you are a you can customize your character obviously um customize your pet and then customize your backstory and a lot of the choices because presumably and this is not true for everyone but when you enter a retirement community it's sort of understood that you've peaked right yeah i guess so sure there's not a lot of i mean there's not a lot of people who are living in retirement homes writing like hit songs sure or you know great american novels it's, or things like that and that's not saying that that's not going to happen but like for the most part you're even if you're not over you're sort of seen by society as having been over just just the skyrim grandma she's the only old person doing great things nowadays you're right yes okay yeah so like like culture like culturally you are you are sort of forgotten and that's that's sort of ageist right yeah. and um it 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 creates a lot of opportunities for exploitation, but this isn't, that isn't what this game's about. This game is about finding new hope in your um, old age. And especially in a, in a situation where, and it seems like a really nice retirement home. They've got yoga and uh, you know, all the, all the various activities, right? Um, sci-fi movie nights, oh, uh, fun. but you uh, basically, um, Oh, and you get to create what, what got me on this tangent is you get to create your backstory and some of them are pretty tragic. Like I just lost my husband five years ago and you know, I'm dealing with this and all the other people in the old, uh, the old retirement home have backstories that are pretty complex and, uh, deep because they've lived full lives before coming here. Right. And I think that's something that sets it apart from a lot of other dating Sims, at least in my mind. And that's what basically connects it to this song on a on an emotional and like uh cultural intel like this guy this the 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 lead singer from this song considers his life sort of over Mm -hmm. right i would say so. and he he wants to drown and i mean in a lot for a lot of people being forcibly retired or having to like leave your home of you know 60 years behind and enter a retirement home is sort of a 
death of personality in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of, even though the game is upbeat about retirement and the game is upbeat about what's going on and, you know, that there's still the, 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 um, tenor of the game is that, you know, you can still find love, you can still find fulfillment even after society has basically sort of put you aside, set you aside or moved you out. Interesting. Okay. You know, it's so, and, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. And you've got a cool pet. You can, it could even be a robot. Oh, fun. That's exciting. Uh, it's it's interesting to me that this game is at all successful, and I do not mean that to be mean spirited, but I feel like the the main reason that people play dating sims is horniness, right? Like they mm-hmm. want to feel like they are also fucking the uh, cute girl in the the thing, right? Really, really, because there's a lot of dating sims where you're having sex with like. A, a woman's head in a potted plant or like well a, a pigeon I get, or well the you know i i the pigeons are played by hot vas but you're right i okay you're right maybe it's that or they're they're trying to turn the genre on its head and do something funny with it like the kfc well, dating sim or the phone. no i definitely think that you it at there was a time when you your read would have been 100 percent on point like dating sims are just for horny people right but i feel like as a as a subgenre of video game it's really flowered in the last 10 or 15 years to where there are dating sims that are weird. There are dating sims that are like, you know, about dating. Right. <laughs> like, uh, there's a lot of them. Believe sure. me. I have collected probably 30 or 40 Very of the, the best ones. So I can pick from reads sure. and I'm never going to do hot boyfriend. Oh, never love hot but all right, because you want it too bad. I, know, Saker, I, and I can't I'm give you what you thirsty want. Thirsty as fuck. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm this, this game is, is very interesting, but I cannot, I can't imagine masturbating to it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And that's the- so Saker only plays dating Sims that have people I, he wants to fuck. I only play them. video games that I can masturbate to. That's my only classification <laughs> oh, for a video game. Yakuza 4. That's correct. Anyway, I was, uh, um, well, another thing I want to mention is that there's, uh, that I know that this sort of, th- it wasn't as big I mean, obviously 10 years ago, but there's a, the, in this later daters, there's clearer um, options for non-binary stuff and oh, like cool. polycules and, uh, um, you know, queer relationships and things like that. So, so that was, a, that was an interesting sort of a, because you I mean, you tend to think of people in retirement homes as somewhat more conservative sure. because they tend to run more conservative because they're older. Sure. Yeah. So um, that's not the case. Not necessarily. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I guess our group, our retirement homes, do you think hotbeds of sex? Do you think there's a... I, I think absolutely. There's been like documented cases of like... Really? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Of like, it was a big problem. Like STDs among the senior community, oh especially in retirement God. homes. Oh God, holy shit. You, you didn't know that? No. Because you're basically, you're basically in a dorm. Right. And you can't get no, pregnant. That's why I asked. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I so, realize all that. Why, why bother with protection? Like there was a huge problem in the, in the, and it still might be like, I haven't wow. read any like huge exposés on it recently, but I remember it being a big deal. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. Well, maybe I can masturbate to this game. Thanks, Ev. <laughs> uh, now it's time for us to rate this song. All right, Evan, we rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer clothes, the better. So on a scale of BN to FC, where does the song fall for you? I have a problem with the subjectivity of our rating system. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Take it out on me. 
I want to think. I mean, I like I like it, and obviously I've been doing it and participating. Should, but I feel like should we add a y-axis? Is that what you're suggesting? No, I okay. need like I need like benchmarks for for like clothes at least. Like, so are we doing it like a like a school grading system or like a percentile system? Because I would say if I were giving this song a percentage of like as it relates to other BNL songs I've heard, it would be like better than I don't know sixty percent of them, but that would be a failing grade in like, that would be like an F. Yeah. So how much clothes, like if my body is 80% clothed, that's just a B. But if my body is like 95% clothed, that's an A. No, and that's a 5%. Oh, that's a bad one. Yeah, yeah so it's like it'd be reverse. Naked, yeah. So if I'm 95% naked, I, so I just I have would like say, a banana hammock. I would say just fucking close your eyes and feel your feelings, Ev. I would say don't, you are ascribing, you made your decisions on previous songs. You've, Evan, we've done 110 episodes of this podcast. Jesus Christ. For you to start bringing this up now is incredibly problematic for us. Okay, okay. Well, then never mind. I will, uh, I'll, I'll just keep working within this broken system. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, buddy. November 3rd. Participating. November 3rd. And by, and by doing so, be complicit sure. in its uh, eccentricities. Absolutely. Um, so... <laughs> I am. The year <laughs> is. He's taken off his glasses and is rubbing his face. You've just. You're, this is a broken man. I'm looking at. <laughs> this system has. The year is. Seventeen or eighteen oh three. I am an imperialist explorer <laughs> slash adventurer, conquistador. Well, maybe it'd have to be earlier than the eighteen hundreds, but yeah, I'm exploring all over the world under the guise of bringing civilization to people who didn't ask for it and didn't need sure. it. Um, but I am specifically searching for famous magical pieces of clothing. Okay. Got it. Down in the depths of the Congo basin. I find none other than Genghis Khan's loincloth. Genghis Khan's. Yeah. He got around this Genghis Khan. All right. I put it on and suddenly I have the power to be related to most of the people in the world. <laughs> okay. That doesn't really do much except limit your dating pool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. It's like being it's like being in Iceland all the time. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And uh, then atop the uh, pier, the ziggurat in Great Zimbabwe, I find the crown of Prester John, the some Somali king from the early that everyone was really excited about because he was Christian okay. in Africa. All the oh, that's one of the crusades was sent there they're like oh we're all dying but prester john's gonna come save us so i find his crown put it on um then the uh, in the andes mountains in uh, machu picchu <laughs> i find none other than uh cortez's uh pantaloons <laughs> and probably some sort of vest mm -hmm. but finally when i go up into the americas searching for the mysterious fountain of clothes well, real quick did those the clothes that if you drink if you drink from it you will never Never need to worry about clothes again. Sure. Did those give you any power, the previous two items? What were they again? <laughs> I don't know. Pantajons, pantaloons, and... Oh, yeah. Uh, so the Prester Johns would be... Uh, my power is to always be mentioned in Christian memes, <laughs> but never... Out of, they're always... Never have any actual physical attribution. So, like, it, it makes me... It gives me the power of, like, Donald Trump, where, like, hardcore Christians who are willing to kill other people for their beliefs keep 
relating to me, but I'm not a Christian and I don't believe anything they believe. Got it. Uh, and then what was the other one? Uh, you have to remind me? Like, oh. uh, uh, I don't know, South America, help me. Oh, here. Cortez, 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 Cortez. Yeah. Yeah. So I can lie to anyone I want and they'll believe me. Uh, that's easily the best of the three. The other two suck. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I can, uh, I can kill anyone <laughs> too. <laughs> this, this is invincibility forever. And get away with it. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I also have, a. um, was it Cortez or who was it who died of like dysentery up in Mississippi or Arkansas? I, who knows? Anyway, uh, one of them did. And he told he was the one who told them he was a god. No, I think that was Cortez, wasn't it? Uh, he, well, they all did. Okay. But, um, his name was DeSoto. Hernan DeSoto. Got it. He, uh, he um, claimed to be a god. And then when he died, his people were surrounded by natives. And they're like, oh, he didn't die. He just ascended to heaven. He's fine. And they were able to escape. But Got it. Uh, fun fact about DeSoto is he loved pigs. Really loved pigs. He made his men, even as they were starving, take care of 300 oh, pigs. Oh, wow. How sweet of him. Try, well, I mean, true I, humanitarian. Some, and he left it. He said in his will that none of his pigs were to be left to his like next of <laughs> Jesus. Kin. So they had to like get them back to New Spain oh, and give God. them to whoever DeSoto's children Incredible. were. But anyway, uh, I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. That's so that I, I get the power, Cortez's power to uh, trick anyone. Right. Easily. Even people. The best. Yeah, easily trick everyone. Yeah. People think I'm a god. Okay, good. So this is going to combine really, it's a real good combo with the uh, um, the last artifact. Sure. The, <laughs> We're getting the, so deep the, Prester, the crown of Prester John. Yes. Yeah, sorry. So anyway, I get to this fountain of clothes, this mystical fountain of clothes. And uh, I'm wearing, uh, probably, I'm wearing the pantaloons. I'm wearing the crown. I'm wearing, I even forgot the first one. It's fine. Continue onward, my friend. It was a uh, um, uh, fucking... Uh, oh, Chinggis Khan's yes, loincloth. loincloth. So I got a loincloth, pantaloons, a vest, and a crown. And I get to this fountain of clothes and I'm like, finally, finally, I'll never not need to be clothed again. I don't need to dress myself. I don't need to do anything. Once I drink from this fountain, I will always be attired. But I get there and it's empty. And there's a note from Hernando Soto... Hernando de Soto, and he says, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Your life's over. I found the found-up clothes. I'm the guy who's going to die wearing a, the best suit ever. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of what this song was to me, basically. It's mostly, I, I got, it's, it's like I said, it's a 61%, right? Fair enough. <laughs> I got a bare chest. I got a bare face. I got bare hands. I got bare feet. And uh, that's about it. And uh, you know what? I'm never not going to, I'm never, I can be naked still. <laughs> I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of powers. For me, boxer shorts. We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. <laughs> hey, Evan. Hey, you're too, what are you least afraid of? Milk. So you're afraid of milk? Yeah, just very little. What scares you about it? Could go bad. Not sure what happens if I maybe I drink it and it's bad. Maybe I get... So there's nothing you're afraid of less than no, milk? No, milk is the... Well, I think there's plenty of things I'm less afraid of, but I'm a little bit afraid of milk. Right. I asked you what you were least afraid of. Yeah, milk. So something that you're afraid of, <laughs> but you're not afraid of... You don't... You're not afraid of anything yeah, less than milk. I mean, I'll, no, I think that's a, probably about it. I mean, I... I tr- what about, like, opening up a board game uh, for all like, your friends? Your friends are coming over to play a board game. You open it up, and, like, a piece is missing. A couple pieces. No! You're afraid of that? Because you've got a lot of board games, and, like, you know, they get they get handled pretty roughly sometimes. I've substituted pennies and bottle caps for pieces before in games. I wouldn't mind doing it so again. So there's no... There's zero fear. Milk. 
milk is the smallest beer I have. Did you know today is National Milk Day, Evan? It's also like the 99th anniversary of the Tulsa massacres. Yeah, but it's also National Milk Day. Uh, so do you feel any trepidation waking up to... Uh, yes, I did. For entirely unrelated <laughs> reasons, I felt a lot of trepidation about waking up today. <laughs> oh. Well, not not with regards to milk, though. No, you're right. Milk was milk was uh, far far from my mind today. Milk was a, a an outlier. Even on even on National Milk Day. Even on National Milk Day, which I well the thing is I didn't actually find it out until we uh, went to our favorite website in the world, which is of course Time uh, that tells us what holiday today is. <laughs> it's a good website, y'all. If you're ever in need of a clock, if you're on your computer and you need to know what time it is. Check out time.is. I'm going to show for Oh, right fuck. Now. You you totally buried the lead. It's also the global day of parents. Not as exciting or... Because the milk is a little bit scary to me, so there's kind of a thrill I get thinking about National Milk Day. You know what I mean? So parenthood, you have no fears about parenthood. No. God, no. I'm fucking killing it. <laughs> and I will continue to kill it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the best. Uh, so do you have fears about parenthood? Yeah, that only that you'll stop sending me Facebook videos of how good you're parenting so that I can copy them. <laughs> you're right. It is weird. You are reading like uh, fucking rhyming ABC books to your child and picture books. You need to stop taking your cues from someone whose son is three years younger than your son. I'm just saying <laughs> it's a bad look. No, 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 no. He loves my little boy loves rhyming ABC okay, books. All right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh Global Parenting Day. What is that? Just a day to celebrate parents? Is it another? Is this another fucking holiday made up by the card companies? Or we have a Mother's Day. We need a Father's Day. We need a Parent Day. No, it's the Global Day of Parents. So it's not Parents Day. <laughs> what What is the difference between the two things that we just said? You know, good question. What did you say? <laughs> I think I said Global Parents Day. Yeah, Global Parents Day. Global Day of Parents. <laughs> so. The of isn't necessarily possessive. <laughs> like Parents' Day is a day for parents. Sure, sure. But like, if you go to a like a, a festival of sci-fi movies, <laughs> the sci-fi—it's not the sci-fi movies festival. It's your festival. So it's basically this is a day for everyone who's not a parent to uh, view and comment upon parenthood. <laughs> you just said something wild and then blew past it so quick that I was ready to accept it. If I go to a marathon of sci-fi movies, I do expect it to be a... It's not my marathon. It is a marathon for the sci-fi movies. It's for it's for the sci-fi movies to watch. <laughs> yes, I get up on screen. I expect to see a bunch of film canisters in the seats. No, you know what I mean. It is of... So what's the difference? Okay, so... A, sci a marathon of movies yeah. is different than right. the, movies, the movies marathon. <laughs> do you say... Okay, you're right. You're right. Yes, you're right. They are different. This is a day to comment upon people's parenting. F, I feel like yes. you're doing a great job parenting. I think you're doing a pretty good job, Fuck too. Fuck you, you piece of shit. What? Well, if you'd send me more videos, I could judge you more effectively. That's true. I, uh, I, I'm going to add you to the, uh, the grandparents group. It's going to be you and the grandparents getting a million videos and pictures a day of my little baby boy. <laughs> is that okay? No, uh, I'm good. Okay. All right. Never mind. <laughs> Okay, fine. It's kind of, I mean, it's not the National Day of Grandparents. You're right. I shouldn't speak of the grandparents on a day for the parents. It is a day for grandparents to look at me, a parent, and tell me what I am doing wrong. Right. Well, they're also parents, though. No, I feel like when you So they can tell you what they're doing wrong in their capacity as parents. They cannot tell you what you're doing. They can tell... 
No, it's for it's for people who are not parents at all, and they they're by definition grandparents are parents. Are right? you saying that sci-fi movies cannot watch movies at the sci-fi movie marathon? I can't Correct. have people and canisters in the seats. Correct. Mm, I think you're only things that are only things that are not movies can watch movies you're... at my my marathon of sci-fi <laughs> you're movies. You're speaking out of turn. You're speaking quickly. These are things you can't take back, Evan. All right, that's fine. <laughs> You know what else uh, is a great... Can't watch. You know what else can't watch movies? Uh, yeah, absolutely, I do. Um, that would be <laughs> the characters from One Piece. Of course, they don't have movies in their universe because they live on a boat. Uh, we Are Watching One Piece is a both One Piece rewatch and first-time watch podcast. For Joe, it's a rewatch podcast. For Jory, it's a first time through. Together, they discuss the anime as frequently as they can. Their latest episode is episode 40, The Crewmate's Whereabouts. Uh, we add a member to our crew this week in the Straw Hats, uh, and we're talking about it this week on We Are Watching One Piece. Ebbo, how do you feel about that? There are One Piece movies, though, which is problematic, I suppose, for, for what we're talking about today. Are there, is any, are there any parents in One Piece? Yeah, there has to be. I am almost sure that a pair. Oh, yeah, I know that, that Luffy's parents figure into the plot somehow. He's got, like, a brother okay. or some shit. And is that bad or good? I don't know. Okay. It's just they can be commented. We can comment upon them. Oh, okay. Do you Would you like to comment upon Luffy's parents? I have no idea. I've never watched an episode of One Piece. Mm, you've never watched me parent, but you're commenting on my parent style. I watch you parent all the fucking time. We've discussed that you send me videos. Shit, that's right. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we spin that big wheel and see what today's segment is going to be. Ev, the segment this week, as our wheel is slowing down, is Go Home. Describe where the narrator lives. Hmm. So... Fuck, I feel like the narrator for me in this song lives in a very large, very empty mansion. That is literally what I thought. Yeah, because he used to have... We are on the same wavelength, He bud. used to have success, but now, like, it's gone to disrepair, and, like, there's shit, like, he's just blocked off wings of the mansion because, like, the toilet broke and it flooded, and he just didn't get it repaired because he's depressed, and he doesn't have any money anymore because he has no record sales, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, this dude's house sucks ass, I think. Um, yeah. It's very depressing. Yeah. Uh, did we do it? Is that the wheel segment? I think <laughs> okay. so. No. Do we wanna, I'm going to spin it one more time. If, and if, if, it lives in a big old empty mansion. <laughs> if it's too hard, we could just do half of it. Uh, this segment is called... <laughs> in the Car. This track is on your road mix. What songs come before and after and why? So let's oh, wow. let's do this one quickly. Uh, wow we Um What song comes before? Why don't you do before and I do after, or vice versa? Just so we can kind of uh, clippity-clop to the ending here. Why don't you do before and I'll do after? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so before, I feel like, has to be a song about... Um, see, I'm not sure how far I should go. Okay, I'll do before. <laughs> You bought time for yourself to think. <laughs> All right, go ahead. It should be Coldplay's 2014 song, Ink. Okay. From the album Ghost Stories. <laughs> sure. And why, Evan? Can you comment a little bit about that? Just because of the name. I don't believe I've ever heard Coldplay's 2014 
song Inc. <laughs> from their album Ghost Stories. Now, is this is this a uh, 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 a a song uh, INC? Is it about corporations nope. or is it's it? It's about it's INK. And from the lyrics, uh, we're gonna put a little bit in here. song uh-huh um it's a cold place great excellent it's about falling in love with someone and being sad that you're in love okay. with them okay all right i like that um i would follow it or it's just about being sad and falling in love with somebody sure sure it's like a stephen page song without the self-hatred sure yeah i could see that um which is perfect i think because this is when the person is proud of themselves um and then they become not proud of themselves in running out of ink and then of course i am going to follow it up uh from the album pro tools by the jizza uh the song <laughs> pencil uh i think <laughs> what you do that that makes sense to me um so and of course that is a song about uh mm, you know how it goes uh, do i uh, do you indeed we're gonna put a little sample in right here Chamber enhanced the flow with the block party. Keeping MC head spinning like Dr. Cardi. This BAC is 2.3. Now the liver's damaged, but his lungs joint free. So inhale. And I think it kind of speaks for itself, Evan. And those are boy, we're really we're giving it to people this week. We're giving them what they want. Two wheel segments? Good golly. Ev, now's the time of the show when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our wicked little wieners. This is a question from our friend. You taking that from <laughs> taking that from uh, pencil? <laughs> no, I'm not. I I just think of a letter and then I try because it was always fun or funky or frigid or for some reason. This is a question mm-hmm. from our friend Aaron. Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Uh, Aaron says, "Hi, you bastions of bare nakedity." Saker, Saker and Evan have just been named co-showrunners on the BNL reality TV show starring the B-Nakes in their daily and working lives. But, as with any reality show, certain dramas and issues must be highlighted to create the most heightened sort of reality possible. What conflicts, hurdles, or other craziness would the showrunners inject into the initial season to maximize ratings? And then there's a follow-up here. Uh, It just says, also, I humbly submit the suggestion that you follow up this pod with a manure-centered gardening podcast called It's All Been Dung. I would subscribe and listen as faithfully as I do to this one, despite my lack of gardening prowess. Thanks, Aaron. Okay, so, number one, a vote for continuing the pod after (laughs) Bare Ladies are done. (laughs) Just FYI. So, what sort of craziness would the showrunners inject to the initial season to maximize ratings on our bare well, naked reality show? Games. Games. You gotta have you gotta have like the survivor style games. Oh. But what I would do is put one BNL boy in charge of each game, mm-hmm. like designing a game for their friends. But 
or their their bandmates, I should say. I I get it, and I like that. But I feel like the reason this week Jim is the games master, uh-huh. and in that role he gets to you each have to spank yourselves with a ruler, the one with the reddest R swings. Um, that sounds like Jim. There has to be some stakes here, right? What does the winner get? What does the loser get? Um, they get to um, they get to permanently resolve one long-standing issue. <laughs> Okay, you can never bring up the Big Bang Theory royalties again, Steve, if I beat yes. you in at the ass contest. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> because they've been together so long, they've got to have like long-standing issues, big and small. Sure. And the thing is, they write them all down beforehand, so they don't know how hard the other people are going. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of like a prisoner's dilemma sort of situation. <laughs> so you see from Tyler's list that he wants Kevin to admit stealing his hoagie. Uh-huh. Sure. And then on on Kevin's list is the one time that Tyler uh, made out with his wife. This is, yeah. yeah. And so they're playing to different levels. They want to spank their asses. Not equally hard, I think. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's interesting. But Ty, as you know, has a very calloused ass. I feel like every week the game is just who could spank their ass the hardest. (laughs) It's a real fucked up reality show. It does not seem like fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh, but the winner can only request something from the loser, right? Correct. So, okay. Yeah. So, Ty has to have a grievance with each of the members and has to. Right, right. Uh, so, they've all got grievances with they they write down all they write down all their grievances mm-hmm. and then the um then they put one of their grievances forward into the pot mm-hmm. uh before the game. Mm-hmm. And then whoever wins draws their grievance out and then the, the whoever then target the in the airing of the grievances. Mm-hmm. When so the the host draws it out, reads it, the winner gets to face the loser down. Or the losers down and um, repeat it mm-hmm. to them, and then the, all the losers' grievances are pulled out of the hat as well, and also read. Mm-hmm. Although nothing is done about them. I like that. I like that. Okay. Yeah, they just have to be embarrassed. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, bring up resentments that people thought that they'd forgotten. I love that. You know what? Just to I my 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 uh, injection uh, into this initial season is besides I, the, the the ass spanking. Well, yes, <laughs> which somehow works its way into a lot of our ratings. Uh, mine is that the very good ladies, um, they, I think it's lights out at 10 PM every night, <laughs> but at 11 PM, the air raid sirens start, uh, and they continue until 6 AM. Um, well, it's, it's lights out, but they don't have to go to bed. Sure. So it's lights out. And it's just, it's just where everything switches to night vision. Yes. yes. So the bare naked, bare naked lady boy, the bare naked boys can still go around, like make dinner and stuff like that. They just have to do it in they complete have darkness. have to do it in darkness. Sure. I just, I also want them to not be able to sleep. I think that's a fun twist on the reality TV show is, well, I mean, you don't have to do the area siren. You just have to set it someplace where sleeping is not conducive. Oh, so like sure. a deserted, like an Island or something where they have to like fend like a survivor situation where they have to kind of fend for their safety or like a naked and afraid stuff. So they're all hot drop into the savannah with no clothes and like commando knives sure. but also game shows sure now this is the bare ladies in their daily and working lives it says but oh can, does it so i don't know if we could put them oh in the okay savannah, okay right? i didn't i didn't re, i didn't remember but that all part. their so, beds yeah. have been replaced with beds of nails well they're what it would be was uh, we can't just put them on a tour bus because they can sleep on a tour bus. Sure. We put them in the we put them in the flatbed of a pickup truck. Sure. Together. Okay. And that's how they go from activity to activity. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Because they're racing across the country. Yes. Inject some amazing race into this. Absolutely. Uh, so they have to drive. Or they're in the flatbed. They're in the flatbed. Okay. Rain, sleet, or snow. These fellas are <laughs> sleeping. These in fellas the are good to go. They are. <laughs> Wait, they're racing, but they also have to stop and do concerts and shit. I didn't say they were racing. It's like a road rules I, where they go from place to place. 
Right here, and, I'm going to uh, put the thing that where you said they're racing. Because they're racing across the country. There you go. You've heard it, listeners. Yeah, they're ra- racing in that they're going fast. <laughs> not in that they're going... <laughs> I see. Not in that they're going... They're, they're in a competition. Got it. Got it. Okay. Oh, retroactive uh, reality. So yeah, there's, very, there's various activities. Then we also... It's just like a packed... And they have to play concerts, too. Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Because they have to work. but So they're they're going from concert to concert, but no tour bus. Flatbed. Sure. God. And fucking, let's just finally, let's give them all a gun. They have to have a gun on them at all times. Because I don't know. I'm not really a, I'm not really a, a fan of guns. I, neither am I. But I do think that tensions are going to be high. And it would be fun if we just ended up with no, one bare naked lady all, at the end of this. They all get to pick one style of Roman gladiator. And they are equipped appropriately okay all right and given and given six hours of training in this style of fighting sure okay that's fine we so like tyler that. is like a mermillo obviously he's got his uh his scaled um arm piece and trident and net and then uh um steve is like oh no jim's probably a secutor because he's he's like heavily he's lightly armored he's got a uh, secutor okay so ed's the secutor he's got the big helmet and uh, all sorts of stuff sure. and then uh steve's a thracian so he's can got I, the curved sword can i stop you but, real quick because yeah you can stop me forever because i was running out of gladiators well next week's question was which gladiatorial style do each of the bare naked ladies oh fuck yeah sorry, sorry. uh uh sees richards <laughs> denison <laughs> yeah flip denison uh yeah we stole your question anyway yeah but i'm done here that's a twofer again two wheel spins two emails we're just getting it all out of the way of this fo good shit dang tootin and that bow speaking of that is the end of this week's episode what would the reality show be called though uh oh flatbed friends flatbed friends <laughs> yeah it wouldn't just be called the bare naked ladies reality show it would be called bare naked flatbread f- friends <laughs> Fla- they can only eat flatbread yes absolutely they're in fl- it's called flatbeds and flatbreads that's the name of the show <laughs> oh boy um you can find us on twitter at been done pod you can find us on facebook it's all been done a bare naked ladies podcast um you could find us uh get our discord it's in the show notes contribute to the you patreon could. you could but you won't um ev we should uh do some patreon recording here sometime in the next so often we did it and they just blew it i'm not giving them anything else <laughs> ever are we done with the patreon they just like again it's a new month i understand i but we did two last month but we didn't do any and they used them both we didn't do any in march <laughs> all right listen we'll talk it out off off pod off pod off off pod um Ebba, what do you got to plug this week <laughs> free time free time it's it's real nice uh, i'm told everybody's got so much free time now in these quarantine no. times what you don't have hours and hours and hours a day where you're just doing nothing no oh man must be i've got almost no free time wow I've got a full-time job and I got a, my partner's at work and I've got to take care of a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. And then I've also got to write and I've also got to prepare for this podcast. <laughs> it seems like one of those is a little more important than the others. I don't know. All yeah, right. it does. All right. Um, this podcast should be your child, basically. I treat it like mine on this Global Parent Day. I feel like it's important to say Global that. Day of Parents. <laughs> Shit. Nice try. Fuck. You keep trying to make it posi- like this day's not for us, Saker. <laughs> You're right. It's about us, not for us. You're right. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am plugging nothing. I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one, one week. week.
Jory, have you ever watched the anime called One Piece? Yeah, Joe. I watch it for a podcast that we do. What? You know, we are watching One Piece. I started watching it so you could rewatch it, and then we talk about it sometimes. I have I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, we don't do it super frequently. Once a month, the best. Did Did you forget? We analyze the story and discuss the show's themes, characters, compare it to other media, and how it provides an allegory for real life politics and events. I I must have forgotten. What? Where can I listen to remind myself? You can listen at the Orange Groves Podcast Network or search for We Are Watching One Piece in your favorite podcast app. What's a podcast? 